Hello and welcome to another episode of Habits and Bicycles, the drunk podcast reviewing Call the Midwife episodes. Right, so this is, <laughs> and as you can see, we're very sober. So this uh, particular podcast will centre around Series 2, Episode 3. Um, but before we get into that, there is a clear question that needs to be asked. Hi, Kim. Hello. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, okay. So I'm drinking a very nice co-op bought Sauvignon Blanc. Very nice. I had Fair to trade. Walk... Well, it is. I had to walk in the snow to get this because I had no alcohol in the house. I don't believe it. It's my dedication to this artwork. That I'm impressed. Did you Thanks. ski there? Because it's snowing for a bit of no. topological discussion on geography. Yeah, a little bit. It's a bit icy now. So basically I strapped myself to the back of a car and just let them drive off. <laughs> Isn't that just what you do generally? Like a toboggan? Yeah, but, you know, this was more fun because I was going to get wine. <laughs> but how did you get back? Crawled on my <laughs> knees because that's where I like it best. <laughs> okay, so for the listeners here, they may have heard of Pilot. We're going to be much more serious, um, erudite and controlled on this podcast, aren't we, Kim? Basically less drunk. Yeah. And you and me are starting very well with that because we're very sober. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Okay. So series two, episode three. And this is a really important episode, isn't it, Kim? If you Have say you so. It? Um, well, I caught <laughs> snippets of it on YouTube, but that's about it. Okay. I haven't watched the old thing. I have done seven pages of notes. Oh, you mean flipping seven pages? I like to be prepared. Is seven I... your favourite number? Is that like your pin code on your, your credit card, just 777? Yeah, it's better than 666, isn't it? <laughs> How do you know my pen? <laughs> your real who name. Told, who told you? What's the name of the Antichrist? What's the name? Kevin. Damien. Kevin. Damien. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin is the one that comes after Vespers. <laughs> of course. Matins, Kevin. Right. Call the midwife. So, this episode is very important for lots of reasons. As I was watching it, that was a slur. As I was watching this episode, I noticed that there was um, the start of Turnadet, so Sister Bernadette and Dr. Turner. There yep. was our first episode of Patsy we have prototype Patsy in this episode Woo! the lesbian mecca that is Emerald Fennel Fennel and <laughs> <laughs> that's a different type of herb <laughs> and um yeah and there's some deep stuff with Jenny which we'll talk about because you and I really care about her I, I love right. Jenny I feel like actually. we're too hard on Jenny actually 
I agree. I think we were too hard on Jenny. So this episode, you and I are going to be very positive about Jenny. Okay, I'll okay. try. We're I'll, just I'll look for the, do our best. I'll, yeah, I'll look for the positives. I'll look for the eyebrows. <laughs> right, so we'll just bang on into the episode. We won't ask any more questions to one another because it's just going to end in... Hang on, what are you drinking again? Vodka. vodka. I'm drinking... Um, raspberry vodka with Diet Coke. Okay. Nice. Which is all I ever drink, by the way, if anyone wants to get me a secret Santa gift for next year. Right. So <clears throat> the episode opens and for once it's not Jenny taking the limelight, although we love Jenny and we think she's wonderful. So mm. we're very glad that Cynthia's getting her moment, but we miss Jenny. We wish we could see more of her. Yeah. So Cynthia's walking home and she's walking next to her bike and she's walking through a market. And at this point, old Jenny starts to intone her usual intro monologue, talking about the East End and um, how it was forged through community with strong family ties sustained by friendship. How do you feel about that, Kim? Good. I think we need more of that. We do need more friendship. and We do. I think we need more kindness in the world. However, this episode mainly focuses on a weird incestuous twin pregnancy so maybe less of that not that we're judging because you know as long as it's all legal beagle it's okay but I feel like incest isn't incest and we should definitely say that from the start (laughs) it's not okay no one should be looking at a sibling and going maybe maybe I could no (laughs) doesn't work that way you and I are drawing our line and our line is there to be fair my line's probably further along than yours is I would say I feel like my line's very clear no incest for me thank you very much okay okay so Cynthia is walking through the market and she stops because her eyes are light upon some avocado pears why not just call it an avocado yeah where did that come from in the episode, she's like, is that an avocado pear? And they're like, is... of course it is. But is that Meh. what they were originally called? I don't know. I've got Google no it. idea. Google oh, it. Not... Yeah, maybe after. Can't be bothered now. Google it. It's not that important. Very important. For oh, the hang on purpose then. of this podcast, Google it. Google it. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I've, uh, I can't even spell it. So we, need somebody, we need somebody middle class to spell it for me. Hang on. No, don't start with the middle class thing again. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. Right. So this is our big introduction to the twins who are horrible to Cynthia. Cynthia's like trying to buy produce from their stall, which I'm imagining is sustaining their weird sister twin wife lifestyle. And they're so rude. Like, Cynthia's asking to buy something, and they're like, don't you know nothing, idiot? Fool. Oh, oh. Yes. Cock the No, they didn't swear, did they? No. They didn't swear. So how do they earn a living if they're this rude to everyone? Maybe they're the only grocers in the market, so, like, there's no choice, and you have to go to them. They're the only grocers in In London, yeah. Wow. You'd think there'd be more. Well, you would, but, you know, you've got to earn a living, and if there's nobody else going to do it, you've got to do it. 
Okay, fair enough. I, I'm, so, I'm not going to ask any more questions. So while Cynthia is trying to buy her avocado pears, which Kim's currently Googling. And um, they are called that, by the way. I did is that not what they call? Yeah, apparently. It's one of their names, along with a load of other Latin names that I can't pronounce. Go on, pronou- pronounce some Latin for me. I can't. Come on. Like, uh, avocado. <laughs> Sangria, sangria. <laughs> <laughs> we slipped into Spanish. Okay, so no more questions. Cynthia then spots Meg is pregnant. And then, oh, by the way, I've decided throughout this episode to just call them Mig and Meg rather than whatever they're actually called. Mig and Meg. Maeve. She's Maeve. Just Mig and Meg. for Mavis. Mig and Meg. You know, like Bill and Ben, the flower pot men. Pot men, yeah. Where's weed it's... then? Where's the weed? Maybe we should do a druggy broadcast instead of a drunken broadcast. No. Okay. I'm not we'll going to save that for that our American tour. <laughs> you be driving around America, high as fuck. <laughs> In a Hummer. Can we get a Hummer? No, a Hummer. <laughs> Just make it a bit extra, like Sweet Sixteen, but lesbians on tour. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, I don't think I could last in an American prison. <laughs> no, I don't think I could, actually. I've seen Louis Thoreau. Someone would make me their pitch. It could be Orange is the New Black. No. Who would no. you be in Orange is the New Black? Red. I could see that. I could see you being red. I think I'd be pussy. I'd just died near the end <laughs> of series is it, three. Is it, is it pussy or pussy? <laughs> Yeah, but they try and make it French, but it's like pussy, pussy. Okay. What a terrible moniker to take on. But anyway, we love pussy and we're so sad she died. I stopped watching when she died and we won't be reviewing any of those episodes. Right. Mig and Meg. Um, <laughs> Mig is pregnant. And, um, <laughs> Sydney Sorry. That Mig is pregnant because she's quite heavily pregnant. And she kind of goes, Oh, you should come to the clinic. Are you seeing a GP? General midwifery questions. Also, I love Cynthia. I love her. She's got so much nervous energy. Yeah. I'm really salty about how it ended for her. Yeah, but did you catch the reference in this episode? I did, and we are gonna Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, wait. So um Cynthia's sort of politely going come on you should come to the clinic and Mig or Meg we never know which because it's the same actress um she's like we don't hold with no modern shit I'm paraphrasing none of this we're just into old wisdom we don't like antibiotics light electricity antibacterially adjusted food none of that she doesn't want well, any of that and they've it's got all herbs cool. they've got they herbs what, why, why do they need anything else? These are like when you when you've got fennel. Why do you need penicillin? Right. So um, Cynthia obviously asked him to go to the clinic. This, the Mig and Meg say no. Um, I did put on the, my notes: actress playing twins is brilliant. Are there budget restrictions in the BBC? Yeah, because they can only afford one headscarf. One headscarf between them. And do you think it's just like blue on the inside, red on the outside? Why do they make her look Russian? Is it so they didn't have to spend money on the hair? Is there a later episode where they've got a Russian mother? Are they just Mm. using the stuff they've got in the back of the wardrobe? Probably. Also, she's completely covered from head to toe the entire time. 
I like the fact that it's clearly one actress, but when one of them's talking to the other, it's just the back of someone's head. Ooh, the trickery of the BBC. She is an amazing actress, though. She's I do really like good. her. She's really good. Monica, she's brilliant. What's she's really funny. Name? Monica Dolan, I think. Yeah, I was impressed by this actress. Right. So Cynthia buys four avocados and says Maeve should come into the clinic. And that's the end of that scene. Woo! One scene down, people. We've only been recording for 18 minutes. Woohoo! <clears throat> the next scene opens and it's Jane. Oh, oh we love Jane. I want to give Jane a hug. And Jane needs a hug. She needs a hug. She's not had a lot of hugs. So this is Jane's big opening scene and for once i'm really glad they forego the monica joan gauntlet which they throw all the new midwives through but not jane jane couldn't survive that she's too nervous so cynthia lets jane in she kind of clocks her and i'm quite glad because i think bryony hannah as an actress she's very gentle and whenever she's in a scene, she makes the scene gentle. I feel like she yeah. could, if I had cancer, I feel like if Bryony had, basically Cynthia's actress, I feel if, like if she rang me and said, Charlie, big C, not going to look good for you. I'd be like, okay, I'll take it from you. Whereas if Jenny rang me, my fist would go through the phone and I'd knock her out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic considering what happens. What happens? Well, she goes into palliative care. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Spoiler alert. Okay. So Jane looks terrified. um, But I did notice she appears to have done more research than Jenny did in the pilot because she asks for Julianne and knows where she's going. Good for you, Jane. We like a woman who does a bit of fucking research. Fuck Jenny. No, no, we're not doing that. Sorry, we're not doing that. We love Jenny. Jenny was just young and naive. The only fucking of Jenny will be done by Trixie. That's it. Yeah, Trixie absolutely would. If Jenny gave her the come on, Trixie would be there, flicking her underwear in the laundry basket as she goes. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that in confidence. Right, next scene, Trixie, Jenny and Sheila, who's still a nun, which I put in brackets because I thought she'd already married Dr. Turner by this point, but no. And they're packing their bag ready for some more births. And Trixie, sees she's having a chat. So it kind of cuts in when they're having a chat. And Trixie says, well, she wouldn't mind going to work in male surgical because apparently that's Trixie's idea of a good good time. Cynthia then says she's bought everyone an avocado. She just balls in there. Guys, guys, you won't believe what I've bought you. Avocados for everyone. Well, it's a treat, isn't it? It's better than eating the ground up rubble in your sandwich that they have been eating. Because <laughs> this is post-war Britain, everybody. Post-war Britain. Sister of Angelina still hasn't had a slice of cake. She's raging. She's probably like pre-diabetic, constantly slipping into hypoglycemia. She's very stressed. <laughs> That's why she's always in a bad mood. She's always having a hypo. And Monica Joan couldn't give a shit. She didn't <laughs> a right. Back to the, to the midwife. Um, so Cynthia's come in. <laughs> She's ready to give them all the good news about the avocado. But Jenny couldn't give a fuck. 
Um, Jenny's like, I've been seconded into the London. <laughs> Fuck you and your avocado news, Cynthia. I've got bigger and better stories to be sharing with the group. Thoughts? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, she wasn't happy about it, was she? She didn't want to go. But then Trixie was like, I'd go with you. I'd cross the earth for you. I'm paraphrasing. So Jenny says she's been seconded to the London. Then Julian arrives and she's got Jane in tow. And there's kind of this shot, I don't know whether you picked this up, where Jenny and Trixie both kind of look Jane up and down. What do you think? Yeah, I really got that Trixie did. I thought, oh, what's that about? Why is she doing that? I, she was a bit judgy, wasn't she? I a didn't little agree. bit judgy. Like, what are you doing here, love? You're not good mm. enough here. I know. I This is a rough moment for calling the midwife because I'm going to run and I'm going to be a bit emotional about the next section. So they all think that Jane's a midwife, but Jane quickly says, no, 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 I'm not a midwife. I'm a medical orderly. Um and there's just a horrible discussion. So Jenny's laughing when she says I'm an orderly. Jenny kind of laughs in the background. And I know we slag Jenny off, but come on, Jenny, do better. That was a bit uh, bitchy. It was. I, I don't like that because, you know, especially in the world that we live in now, 2020, every member of a ward is important down from, you know, the doctor's. And everyone in between, so the people that keep the wards clean are paramount. If we didn't have them, so many more people would die. They are superstars and rock stars in their own right. And they absolutely deserve respect. And I yeah, give totally everything agree. to those people. And Sister Julianne goes, well, it's okay because Jane has a ton of experience. She's worked in St. Gideon's Asylum as a cleaner. Trixie then says... Mm. Mental cases as well as incurables. That's not okay, guys. That's, That's not, not okay. okay. It's a terrible moment. It really upset me. Um, in my notes, it just said, Oh my fucking God, I love Trixie, but this is not okay. No one is incurable. And this is not the podcast to be discussing mental health conditions. But I just want to say, if anybody's ever struggled with mental health condition, and what I mean by mental health condition is depression, anxiety, general mood disorders, schizophrenia, any of those, bipolar, you are not incurable. You're a wonderful person. And there are treatments and things that can help you. But you're wonderful as you are. And that's OK. OK. And we're just going to move on. Yes. But well said. It's not okay. Thank you. Trixie was not okay in this moment. Right. Next scene, Mig and Meg. Back to the incestuous twins. Meg well, we or don't Mig. Know, to be fair, we don't know if they're incestuous together. Oh, they so are. We'll get to that scene. Okay. Mig and Meg. Um, so the non-pregnant twin then says the pregnant twin has scourge of the bladder. Um, so Meg or Mig says that marshmallow is really good for um, Scourge Something. of the yeah. And that she's reading from a book, and it's kind of mentioned earlier, but I've ignored my notes. So I'm going back to it. They're reading a book by Nicholas Culpepper, who was a botanist who died in 1654. So the book that they're reading is 400 years old. And this, oh my God. I Googled it. I Googled it once they again. They should sell it on eBay. But you can buy it on eBay. They should sell it. They could afford thousands of headscarves at that point. 
million. But yeah, so Mig or Meg is reading the book. And I went online after this because I like to come in prepared. And I Googled this dude and I had a little look at the advice that Mig or Meg is reading. So he... In- <laughs> Tell them apart. Come on. How do you do it? The same actress, <laughs> So this guy is saying that bed straw boiled in oil and applied externally as a stimulant consumed as an aphrodisiac. So what he's saying is deep fry some straw, shove it round your nether regions, and your other half is going to be very excited. Oh, by straw. Deep fried straw. Let's not be basic about this. Yeah, but wouldn't it be a bit crispy? Like like noodles that are too far gone. Yeah. Sexy. <laughs> and so sexy. <laughs> do you feel I like don't know the rest of the song? Sorry, no one does. But do you feel <laughs> like that would do it for you? Um crumbly straw in a vag, no. Not in a vag. Let's not make it weird. It's just, just around, around it. Badge. Sort no. of like framing. Like, like, a, a, like a frame. No. Yeah. Framing I, I the can't... vagina with deep fried straw. No, I'm a little bit disturbed by that thought, actually. So that's, we found your line. Yeah. If I'm disturbed, you know that it's pretty bad. Okay. I'll take that off the list of things to do then. So, Nicole <laughs> Meg. Is um, she says she's reading the book and she says marshmallow is really good for scourge of the bladder. And then Meg or Mig says, Oh, I love marshmallow, that would be really good. The other Mig or Meg, non pregnant twins, like you cretin, of course, I'm not talking about flumps, I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> how much do you think a flump would cost in the 1950s? Probably By the way, for our American penny. viewers, flumps are marshmallow things. And they're like long sticks of marshmallow that you could use to buy for about 10p. And about they're like twisted in different colours. They're amazing. Yeah. How much do you think it would be in the 1950s with inflation? Well, if an, if an avocado's eight pence and today avocados cost £45 each. Yeah. Then I reckon they'd be half a penny. Half a penny? Yeah. Somebody Google it. Um, if anyone listening to this is a bit more erudite than us, interested, interested <laughs> even more so, please feel free to Google it yourself and let us know on the Discord. Right. So the other twins, like, idiot, it's a herb. And um, Mig or Meg, who's pregnant, says she'll, um, she goes, why don't we just go to a midwife? And the other twins, like, all right, we will go, but just so you can see that it's a terrible idea. I feel like <laughs> pregnant Mig or Meg is in a hostage situation. She <laughs> can't get out. Yeah, it's like um, Stockholm Syndrome or something, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you think if she says to Mig or Meg, other Mig or Meg, she think if she says... Um... <laughs> <laughs> do you think if she says to her, I want out, it's not okay? Do you think a woman will choke her with a headscarf? Yeah, she'd kill her. She'd be under the patio in minutes. <laughs> with an right. avocado stuff in her face. <laughs> I was expecting it to be stuck elsewhere. I like your <laughs> restraint. We're not drunk enough yet. Right, next scene. 
this is a really tender scene. So this is Sister Monica Joan and Jane. And Jane is kind of aimlessly walking around the house. She's new. No one's talking to her. Trixie's being a bitch. And Jenny's gone to the London. Cynthia's busy twiddling with avocados. She's got no one to hang out with. And she's kind of walking around. <laughs> Sister Monica Jones doing some knitting. And um, Monica Jones spots her and is like, oh, are you the cook? Because Monica Jones is always focused on food. She's an important, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. She's fully at the bottom of that hierarchy. She's like, food's very important. Are you the cook? <laughs> and Jane's like no I'm not the cook I'm Jane and offers no further information so then they have this really sweet scene where Monica Jones knitting and kind of goes on a very long dramatic rant about how she's left on a Tuesday to cook for herself it's just being an adult isn't it yeah basically so they're Sister Monica Joan is knitting, pinky and perky. So Jane um, goes, oh, well, is it pinky or perky? And Monica Joan's like, I haven't done their dungarees yet, bitch. Please pay attention. There's just a naked pig before me. Can, can I um, be a bit rude first? Yeah. You know, when she was knitting it at first, did it look a little bit like a willy warmer to you? Because it didn't look like a pig to me. I saw the pig. I think you see what you want to see. Probably, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll accept that. How many Willy Warmers do you own? Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, seven. Seven, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are they all in different colours? Yeah. Good, good. It's like the rainbow. Well, this is an LGBT quilt bag podcast. So, woo. <laughs> um, so, anyway, um, Monica Jones still talking to her, but Jane leaves. She's so used to being rejected. She's clearly got a very tragic past. She's an anxious kind of person. She just leaves. And I've written in my notes, she cuts a very lonely figure. Did you get the impression that she wasn't just in St. Gideon's because she was cleaning it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I, I think there's an episode later on where, where she kind of touches upon it and says she was a patient there. Yeah, I, I like Jane. I think Jane, I like Jane. Jane deserves our um, respect. She does. We will Not like Jenny, speak. who's a fucking tool. <laughs> not like Jenny. We hate Jenny. No, wait. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. We're not, we're not, doing, we're not doing that. that. We love Jay Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Good for Jenny. She's got... Eyebrows on fleek and very knowledgeable. Oh, I right. wish I had her eyebrows. I have her eyebrows. Do you? I did. Okay. Right. Nucy. I can't tell. Okay. Nucy, Jenny is in the London. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making me laugh. Okay. Jenny is in the London. So this is the start of Jenny and she meets with the matron and there's a scene where Jenny's kind of become too cocky. She knocks on, she does that thing where she knocks on the door, but then opens the door and oh, walks Oh, anyway. matron doesn't like that, does she? Matron kicks yeah. off and puts her back in her place. And um, Jenny's very uncomfortable receiving any sort of criticism because 
if I was someone who was against Jenny or maybe didn't like the character, I would suggest that maybe she's a bit of her own ass. But as we love Jenny, we don't think that, do we? We don't think that, no. But a, a less kind person would say that's exactly what the problem is. Yeah. So Jenny's told to go and get a new uniform and Jenny's like, what? I have to change the BBC wardrobe company is going to have to make a new outfit. We're in budget constraints. Haven't you seen that in the other scene? There's like Meg and Meg. We've got one actress to play a twins. There's no money for Norman Hartnell. That's all I'm saying. That's where the money went, though. They spent the money on Jenny's outfit and didn't pay enough for a second twin. Probably. Or Mig and Meg's outfit. They're wearing the same thing, just an inverted scarf. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, next scene is a dinner table in the Nanatus, a kind of group chat. Nurse, nurse, what am I saying? Sister Evangelina is annoyed because she's saying, Jenny's gone, Chummy's just left. We miss Chummy. We never got to do an episode with Chummy. We'll go back and do Chummy. You As I would t- in real life. You would. Do- I love Miranda Hart. Miranda Hart's a superstar. She's amazing. Yeah, there's a reason she was the one that was nominated for a BAFTA. Would you climb her like a tree? Yeah, a little bit, I think. You know, I, I have my own tree that I like to climb, but, you know, I'm open to offers. Right. So in this scene, um, Sister Evangeline's talking about how Jenny's gone, Chummy's gone, and then she says something horrible. Jane's right next to her and goes, well, Jane's neither use nor ornament. Oh, ornament. Oh. All right, Sister Evangelina. So that's, harsh. Yeah, that's a bit mean, isn't it? Let's face it. I feel that, like... that little girl, or little lady, has walked all that way from St Gideon's with a light little suitcase with no underwear in, and she's walked all that way, and they're just going to be shit to her. They're horrible. Like they, she fe- definitely feels like the stooge of this episode. Every time something bad happens, they're like, "Send Jane. <laughs> Jane will do it. Jane will take it." Oh look, someone's got to be punched in the face fifty times. Send Jane. She can deal with it. Yeah, okay. it's a bit. It's a bit mean. I don't Sorry. like it. I, it makes me upset actually. Because she you gets know, to marry Reverend I mean, Appleby in the end. Judy and send says the London need has much greater and Cynthia's then uh, my notes just say Cynthia's gone mental with plate cup and avocado (laughs) yeah but she uses ear olive oil to put on the avocado she's got it no 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 she goes to boots special for that yeah but it's ear ear olive oil it's not like your finest virgin pressed olive oil that's been pressed by virgins in Italy is it Kim Kim this is post-war they, they, Britain. No, I'm sorry. They put the avocado. They no, the avocado. What? They put the olive in between their boobs as virgins, and then they press their boobs together, and it, the oil comes out down their navel into the yeah. bucket. And that's how they do it. I've been there. I've seen it. Are they hot? <laughs> I think that might be a very descript nightclub in Soho. I don't think you've been to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why it's called virgin pressed olive oil. And when it's extra virgin, it means their boobs are bigger than the C cup. <laughs> why a C cup? Well, because anything bigger than a C cup is extra. Rude. Okay. <laughs> right. So 
<laughs> oh my god, I can't read my own notes. Right, so Cynthia then sits down with her plate of very poshed up. She's got a bit extra with the avocado. She sliced it up. She's put the earwax, ear oil, ear oil on top, and um, <laughs> no one's impressed. Even though she spent like fifty quid or equivalent of wages. I don't. I, I'm not very good with maths. This has already been established. <laughs> a lot. And the twins, Mig and Meg, clearly completely shopped her on the money. They were like, 49 million pounds. And Cynthia was like, I'm too afraid to not pay you at this point. So she's, <laughs> avocado. she's dressed it on a plate, covered in ear olive oil, and nobody likes it. Everyone's like, why can't we just have a sandwich? Why do we always have to have this extra woman with fucking ear olive oil? Ugh. And then or an avocado that's already oily. It's, it's already oily. 1950s, though. Put Everyone something acidic on it. Food. Jesus. Get what the Gordon Ramsay in there, for fuck's sake. What would you put on an avocado? I quite like my avocado sliced in half and then yeah. just fill up where the stone would be with some balsamic what? vinegar, and I like to eat that as a snack. Interesting. I'll give that a go. It's a bit like Ooh. balsamic and strawberries. Possibly. I've not done that. You should do that. There was a, well, there was an unfortunate bedroom incident with strawberries and I've been put off. Oh, no. Did someone shove a strawberry up you? Yeah, there were a few pips left over. I was Ooh. bringing them out for weeks. Is that... The, I've always wanted... You know, like, when you were a kid and they said, oh, there was a kid who put a pee up their nose and it started to grow a tree... Is this in any way a similar situation? Because strawberries have a lot of seeds. Yeah, may maybe they're not cankers. Maybe they're just strawberry leaves. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you should get yourself checked out. Yeah, maybe. Or just yeah. dip yourself in a bucket of lye at this point. What's lye? It's what they put sheep in. Oh. <laughs> Is that like sheep in Wales? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. But you're Welsh. Actually, yeah, I, I have am not Welsh. About... I'm from fucking hell. You know this. Or Cornwall. We don't know. Your geography changes with every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kim, what's yes. Sam Jar in Welsh? Um, hang on. Let me get my little dictionary out. She's come prepared. We prepped. Yeah. This, this is... Okay, so jam is jam. Yeah. And jar... It's jar. Excellent. So the Welsh for jam jar is jam jar. Yeah, but with a Welsh accent. I'm learning a lot. Right. So then Cynthia, back to call the midwife. This is a very serious podcast. God damn it. Right. So Cynthia then says about Meg and Meg, and she opens it up to the room. And Monica Jones, like, I delivered Meg and Meg, and their mum, Mag, <laughs> died. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. She died. Shut Sorry, up. that's terrible. Take a moment's pause for Mag, right. mother of let's, Meg let's, and Meg. Let's, let's remember it. Come on, be sensible. <laughs> R.I.P. Okay, yeah. So Meg and Mag's, Meg and Meg's mum, Mag died, and um, oh yeah, Monica Jones talking about how they married the same bloke. Oh my god! I this is the moment where I went. This is the incestuous sister wives episode, and this is definitely going to come up in the podcast. Kim, 
How do you feel about this? I feel a little bit weird about this. And I don't necessarily think he's shagging both of them, but I think he took them on as a unit rather than an individual. So do you think Mig, the pregnant one, is the one that's getting a bit and Mag is just Meg? No, I think the she's mum. just the Mag's boss. The mum. Meg Mag- is... Meg. Meg and Meg. Which one's which again? You fucking <laughs> confused me. <laughs> no, there's Mig and there's Meg. Well, yeah, but which one's which? The twins. It's the same actress. Right. So I feel like Mr. Mig and Meg. Mr. <laughs> Stan. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a man's Mig and Meg name. Max. Well, his name's Stan, so let's call him Man. Stan the Man. Shag and yeah. Mig and Meg. So it's Man, Mig, Meg and Mog. No, who's Mog? There's no Mog. Mag is oh. the mother. You've, what the fuck are you going on about? <laughs> right. So they married the same man. Okay. What the fuck's going on in Poplar? And how are these Christian nuns being like, yeah. Bigamy. This is what Fine. I'm saying. They they have too much tolerance for weird stuff. And then yes. later on, there's a moment where someone talks about homosexuals, and Sister Winifred loses her shit. She's like, "Homosexuals are evil, Ooh. but we're okay with bigamy." Well, but she wasn't there then, was she? I She's feel like she'd in. have a lot to say. She'd be at she that would. table blowing a fuse, shitting a brick. I feel like the I feel like the nuns have seen a lot of shit in a brick. I feel like the nuns have seen a lot. They know a lot, and they're just too tolerant sometimes of things that are basically unlawful and not right. Okay, but I would you watch Mig and Meg's porno? No. But you'd watch Sister Julienne getting finger blasted. Well, yeah, but that's only because I like Jenny Agatha. What's finger blasted in Welsh? Oh, I'm gone. I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> Apparently, it's blasted finger. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's blasted your, that, finger. That's your actual Welsh, that is. That's your actual Welsh. There you go. I hope everyone's learning from this. Right. New scene. Um... Jenny is now in her new uniform and it's very fluffy and puffy and pointless. The the lamb thing shoulders, what are they called? Lamb chop shoulders. Is that what they're called? Yeah, I think so. When they're that puffy there. Lamb chop. On the deltoid. Lamb chop shoulders. Lamb chops don't have fluffy shoulders. No, but they're like, no, but if you look at a lamb chop and you hold it up. Yeah. Yeah. So if you hold up a lamb chop. Yeah, and think and think of the bone as the arm and the lamb yeah. chop as the fluff. Yeah, yeah, the meaty bit. Yeah, am I? Is this not working for you? <laughs> Next time I have lamb chops, I'm going to hold it up and go. Clothes were named after this. Yeah, Norman Hartnell's a genius. <laughs> is he his well? Color, his yeah, his color co- co- combinations are brilliant. Exactly. I mean, that Everything green pink. and that violet. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, okay. So then, this is a very important scene for the Popcake fandom. Because... Yay! Woo! Yay! Yeah! Woo! And she's blonde. I don't like the blonde. 
I don't like the blonde. Why? Um, it's out too of, blonde. Why do you think they made her redhead in later series? Because they had Trixie that was blonde, they had Barbara that was brunette, and then they were going to think about Delia, who was going to be quite dark, so they needed something in the middle just for the contrast. Why is it in TV series you can never have lesbians with the same hair colour? Because it's like black holes would ensue and people would get sucked into them. Because I'm married and my wife and I have a very similar hair colour. Really? It's true, yeah. Okay. And we'll have to ask, you know, if you podcast listeners have a significant other and she has the same hair colour to you, do you find that's a barrier in finding love? Do you do you like to go towards each other and poof, there's like a plastic wall between you and you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to go and find a blonde. That's normal at the moment, though, isn't it? Having plastic barriers between people. That's true. Topical, topical. This is topical. For the last day. At the end of the day, though, does it matter if the collars match the cuff? This is true. Are you talking about the carpets matching the curtains? Yes. Right. I do hope. Because if one is blonde (laughs) and one is not blonde, then it doesn't matter, does it? Patsy's blatantly got blonde pubes. No, I don't headcanon Patsy as blonde. Not that blonde. Not. Maybe maybe Emerald Fennell blonde, yes. Oh, we can't talk about the actress. That makes it weird. Oh, sorry. Okay, right. So, yay, Patsy's here and she's blonde. And she's very bright and flustered. There's a lovely moment where she's like, oh, my God, thank God we have another nurse. I've been looking after an entire male surgical on my own all this time so thank you come on let's go run 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 faster we need to get back to the ward because there's going to be a surgeon come in and yeah and we need to kick we need to kick wheels that's what we we need to do we need to kick some wheels i've got got some notes on this wheel kicking thing (laughs) who is delia in this because i feel like this is a podcast people need to ask the hard-hitting questions where's delia now you see i i may have invented this but i am pretty sure that i have read a fanfic where the only reason jenny was seconded was because delia was on holiday in wales i don't know where i read it i don't know when i read it i don't know if i dreamt it i don't know if i masturbated over it but it was there If um, you listening are the person that wrote that fan fiction, please let us know in the Discord. We'd be fascinated to hear all about it and read it. So Delia's gone on holiday and fucked the entire London hospital, which has required extreme measures and district nurses to be called back. She's allowed to go on holiday. Come on. Nurses do get holidays. We have no rights. We had this discussion last time. Nurses have no rights. Yeah, but you still are allowed two days holiday a year, surely. Nope. Even wakes weeks, there was two weeks for the bloody factory workers. Yeah, but nurses aren't factory workers. Mm, Good point. Okay, I retract that. Okay. Dealey's being sick in the toilets because she's pregnant. Yeah. Oh, that could be a fan thick and a half. Dealey is pregnant. Alpha Omega. Right. New scene. Right. So it's the clinic. Mig and Meg have decided to come for a visit. And they've come together, despite the fact only one of them's pregnant. Mig or Meg, the non-pregnant one, is... um... (laughs) (laughs) There's a 
matter how many times you say that, it's never going to be not funny. <laughs> so Big Old Meg, non-pregnant Big Old Meg, shouts through the entire... So they walk in, it's very like a Western. They turn up... Wow, 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 wow. And then non-pregnant Big Old Meg shouts, she's got scourge of the bladder. And I've just written in my notes... Non-pregnant Mig or Meg would make a shit spy. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, she's not They'd be like, you're going to go to France. It's Second World War. And um, you need to just pass on this message. She'd be right off the boat in Calais, like, Calais? Calais. Calais. <laughs> and be like, does everyone not want to hear this incredibly secret information? And also, yeah. but well, to be fair, with her arrogance, she would have also killed about four Panzer divisions. So you know, she just swings, swings and roundabouts. Swings she'd and be roundabouts. she'd be good in a way because she could sell produce in French France. Yeah, French France. What's yes. um, avocado in French? Uh, je suis avocado. You are an avocado. <laughs> She'd be right off. It'd be like that scene in The Great Escape where they're like, ah, oh, Papiagan. Water in the Papiagan. Ah, good luck. Thank you very much. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It'd be like to Miggle Meg. <laughs> Miggle Meg, they'd be like, is this an avocado? And she'd be like, of course it is, you fucking moron. They'd be like English. So. Cynthia is slightly panicked, but she's like, come into the cubicle. Also, why is non-pregnant Mig or Meg allowed in that cubicle? Because they go together. I don't care. care. It's weird. They need some separation. They need some therapy. They need some outfits, new headscarf. Charlie, you're missing the point. It's not an avocado. It's an avocado pear. It's all about pears in this episode. It's all about things going together. That's a lot of symbolism. That went completely over my head. So it's it starts with an avocado pear. pear. And it's about a pair pear. of twins. And then a pair of twins. It's very deep. My mind is blown. How did you not get that? I'm drunk. You're the clever one. <laughs> right, okay. Moving on. So Cynthia takes them into a cubicle and then Miggle Meg... The twin that's pregnant, it gets is told to get on the bed, and non-pregnant Miggle Meg says she doesn't want anything meddled with. Right, so non-Miggle Meg don't meddle with anything, and surely, in order to get pregnant, someone's already meddled with pregnant Miggle Meg. Possibly, yes, pregnant. Meg. There's some clearly some freaky threesomes going on in that house. Oh no, I don't believe there's any threesomes going on. I'm sorry. Oh, You're on scene. There. Miggle Meg is taking off a headscarf. The other one's taking off her headscarf. It's a bit of a you know, like the stripper theme tune, Morecambe and Wise. Da da da. They make breakfast, but then one of them is pregnant. Fucking weirdo. Right. So. Cynthia goes for backup, as I would in that situation. If I was left with two weird people that don't have any boundaries between one another, I would be going to get a social services, but also a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of issues in this 
episode that I'll never touch upon. It's a really good episode. It's a good You should definitely it's watch it. It's one of my favourites, actually. It's one of mine. I love this episode. So, Cynthia don't goes to back your, up. Don't suck your finger like that in front of me. <laughs> okay, do that again. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> once, once more with feeling. <laughs> the problem is that internet is freezing, so it just makes it weirder. Right. For the purposes of uh, the podcast, I am having a bit of peanut butter and I licked it off the tip of my finger and it just became weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then non-pregnant Mig or Maeve picks up a speculum and is like, you see this? You see what's going to happen? The second we come in here, they're going to shove this in places and scares the shit out of non... No, she's pregnant. Pregnant Mig or Maeve. Very terrible scene. I feel bad for pregnant Big Omega. Right, new yeah. scene. Patsy and Jenny are getting the ward ready. And it's very arbitrary, the rules that are trying to... They have to get it ready because they're obviously going to be inspected by a surgeon. For some reason, it's a bit military. And Patsy's like, all the wheels, all the wheels on the beds should face forward. Kim? Yeah, they, yeah, they should. Why shouldn't they? It's, it's symmetry. Stop fucking licking your finger. It's distracting me. <laughs> How can I be funny when you're like trying to seduce me with peanut butter? <laughs> that is a weird time. We should keep that. Um, so Jenny then goes, who's in bed? B because there's an empty bed and it's revealed. Dun, dun, dun. dun! Jimmy, the long lost best friend who Jenny's been friend zoning for the entire series up to now. And he loves her. He, he really loves her. Loves her. Yes. And he's nice because he's in casualty, so he knows all the medical stuff. And he's, he's, he's still, yeah, he's one of the doctors. I'm glad he stepped up in the world and went, did his degree. Yeah. It's Good a shame. Jimmy. He's nice. I like him. Stop it. Right. Stop licking your fucking finger, bitch. <laughs> so the doctor then turns up. So there's an awkward moment where Jenny's like, oh, it's Jimmy. And then the doctor balls in and is like, why is that patient out of bed? Okay, I don't think they're allowed to duct tape patients into beds. People are, should be allowed to piss, Dr. No, Surgeon. They, no, no, I'm sorry. In this era... They were not allowed to get out of bed. The nurses should be bringing them those things that they put their willies into wee. A piss pot. A pissoon. Is it a pissoon? Or a pissoir. That might pissoir. be your actual French again. I can't remember. What's piss pot in Welsh? Do you want me to check? <laughs> pot piss? Convenient, very yeah. fucking. I'm starting to think you're not actually Welsh. <laughs> no, I'm from fucking Hull. Right. So this surgeon turns up and is like, "Get that man back in bed." And then Jemmy, Jemmy, Jenny backflips him into bed. She just, she's so stressed by the whole thing. And then um, <laughs> the doctors then 
assessing Jimmy. So he goes through a test, which I was like, I can buy this. So he's doing oscillation and he's doing, but he doesn't check with his stethoscope. But the oscillation is when you kind of tap with your fingers. So he does all of that and says that Jimmy's been in with suspected appendicitis, but it turns out the doctor doesn't think he has appendicitis and it might just be anxious nerves before a wedding because it's revealed that Jimmy is getting married to the girl that he knocked up several episodes beforehand. Yeah. Thoughts? My, my thoughts are that the doctor's rubbish. We know that. That comes out. But a good actor again, Anthony Carf like him they have great great character actors in these um or guest stars in these shows really makes it they um do. yeah but um yeah well it's just for the plot in it it's hiding eking out the drama again yes. so Even then with the shot of the stethoscope on the side that was never picked up it's like it's blatantly obvious he didn't use it people yes parkinson's <gasps> we've just spoiled the ending god damn it oh spoiler did that out Sam, producer, <laughs> edit that out. Get that out. Right. So, also, I noticed when the doctor's doing this examination, Jimmy's shirt is undone. And then the doctor kind of steps back and goes, nurse. Has, hasn't he got nice nipples? I wasn't looking. I noticed his nipples. They were very nice. What's the criteria for a nice nipple? I don't know. It just struck me as a very nice nipple. I suppose they have to be symmetrical. Yeah, but also, you know, just nice. Something that you'd like to run your tongue around. That's my criteria. Just want something to run your tongue around. Yeah, basically. Okay. So, next scene. It's back in the clinic treating room and Dr. Turner's turned up and he's talking to Mig or Meg, the pregnant one, and he's saying, Mig or Meg, you are... A prima gravita, you're an elderly mother, you're too old to give birth at home, you should come into the maternity home. And then Miggle Meg, who's not pregnant, um, flatly refuses for her sister and is like, no, our mother died and that's, you know, it's not going to happen. You're not going to drag us into your dirty maternity home where everyone dies. It's not happening. She's going to give birth at home with me. Miggle Meg, daughter of Mag, <laughs> who's got a book from <laughs> and is quite happy to act like a midwife yeah I have to say in pregnant Miggle Meg's um, corner she does look doubtful <laughs> a like, little bit a little bit worried by this yeah if I was pregnant and my wife was like don't worry Charlie you can well, I've got a book I've dug it from the garden and I'm going to get you some flumps and you're going to be grand, you're going to give birth, and we're going to follow with the advice of a 500-year-old bit of documentation, I'd be like, I'd have some reservations. But I'm I'd with have, Meg yeah. On Meg on this I'd one. have reservations. Yeah. As soon as Dr. Turner came into that little, whatever they call it, cubicle, I'd be like, I'm with him. I don't want you anymore, bitch. <laughs> You'd swap sides. I'd swap sides in a heartbeat, especially as he's been quite good at acting in this series, in this episode. So Dr. Turner says, Maeve, you're old. You need to come to the maternity home. Other twin kicks off and is like, no, she's staying with me. I've got some flumps and a 500-year-old book. We're golden. We'll be fine. Please don't ask any more questions. And then they have a little discussion off screen because the twins, Mig and Meg, just leave. They storm off. 
very dramatically, it should be said, their headscarves are just flashing, and whoever the stand-in twin for Mick or Meg when they're together, beautifully done. And I don't yeah, think her, gets... her stomp, her stomp acting is on point. It's excellent. It's excellent. Brilliant. Yeah. So then they're in a separate scene and Monica Jones says, well, actually, I delivered Mig and Meg to their mother, Mag, and Mag died. <laughs> and um, Dr. Turner's very cocky about this. And he's like, no one's going to die. And it's like, well, how the fuck do you know, Dr. Turner? Spoilers. Yeah. Um, and then Julianne turns to Sister Cynthia. Oh, no, she's not a sister yet. She's not a nun. No, 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 no. She's just Mary. No, she's just Cynthia. Fuck. She's just Cynthia. She's a bit boring with that name when she went for Mary Cynthia. Yeah, I quite like her as just Cynthia, though. I think she had more to offer. Yeah, she kind of pared down when she became a nun. But yeah. yeah. Julianne turns to Cynthia and goes, you should now go daily to these Miggle Meg twins that clearly don't want anything to do with us. We're going to continue, despite them very clearly stating they don't want anything to do with us, we're going to push it. We're going to go yeah. to the house every day. We're going to be invasive. We're going to be invasive about it. Well, they've got the power of entry. They do have the power of entry into all things. Well, we know it works for you. Yeah, I'm not going to deny it. Move no. on. New scene. Jenny does Jimmy's obs. Okay, so she does his obs. And I did watch it and judge her obs-taking skills. They were terrible. Oh, go on. Were they? Were they that bad? She took his pulse and his temperature. Did she take his inside leg? No. Uh, well, but she didn't she take should. his um, blood pressure. Where was the stigmometer? The stigmometer? Sphigmometer. What the fuck is that? Is that like something, is it Egyptian? Uh, I don't know an Egyptian name or an Egyptian song for a sphinx. What does an Egyptian song sound like? I don't know. It sounded like you said sphinx. Sphinx. Well, it's like a sphinx, but it's not because it's a sphigmometer. A what? <laughs> sphinx. Say, say it again in Welsh, I might understand. Okay, sphigmometer. Sphigmometer. <laughs> like, oh, like Top Gear. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Like the stick. Like like, like, Abba's, like Abba's manager. Yeah, but okay. it's a sphigmometer. So anyway, there is no sphigmometer. They don't fucking bother with that for Call the Midwife. They're just like, pulse, temperature. We Everyone's familiar with these techniques. That because they're the touching things. They're the touching things. She gets to hold his wrist. No, she gets to hold his wrist seductively while she's trying to look away when she's not really looking away and there's a little over-the-shoulder moment and then right. she's poking something into his mouth. It's like, it's so blatant. It's fucking ridiculous. Is that how you flirt? Do you poke things into people's mouths? Yeah, usually my fanny. Do you just poke it in people's mouths? I try to. doesn't always go down well. <laughs> right, so... Anyway, Jenny does the temperature and the man's pulse. And he's fine. She's like, yep, cleared him. And while she's doing that, Francine, the woman who's pregnant with Jimmy's child, walks in and there is tension. Oh, the tension's palpable. Oh, the tension. It's palpable. Good acting here. Good acting here. I actually feel bad for Francine. She does come across as a bit posh in she's this a one. Bit, she's like, no, she comes across as really common. Trying to be posh. 
yeah, posh, no, common trying to be posh. A little bit like, oh, I'm from the East End, but I know my cup of teas. Oh, I know that Twinings is the best. Did they have Twinings in post-war Britain? Yeah. The Americans sold it to us for like four million pounds a tea bag. Yeah, thanks, America. Right. So it is. I did notice, though, Jimmy does have a type. <laughs> we love you, Americans. Please don't take offence. But yeah. You only pull the pigtails of the ones you love. Exactly. We're flirting with you. So Jimmy does like posh girls, doesn't she? Doesn't he? Yes. Well, we type. only really know that he likes Jenny. And so Francie. He may just like girls with sticks up their arse. And bricks. And bricks. Sticks and bricks. Yeah. New scene. Mig and Meg are doing a tarot card reading. <laughs> Okay, this fucking thing drives me insane. Okay, Mick and Meg are in some sort of dungeon and Meg Sex and Mick... dungeon! It's a sex dungeon! <laughs> Meg duct tape to the wall in a... With <laughs> 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 a head scarf. <laughs> And Nico Meg's like, pick a card. And she's like, a card, I have no hands. Um, pregnant. <laughs> pregnant <laughs> Nico Meg. She's, she's having her cards read. And the other twin is being an absolute edgelord. This is like tray dramatic. That's a it's bit of very dark. Very and dark. it all comes out. And she's like, I don't like that card. It's death. Death. And then another card, which also means death. 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 <laughs> Poor pregnant Nigel Mabe is shitting a brick. She's like, on a stick. <laughs> She's sitting there like, fuck, these are bad cards. Reshuffle them, reshuffle them. And I watched this and I was like, I did the same thing. I'd be like, reshuffle them fucking cards. You've clearly. <laughs> Just put them in a bin, you wonker. <laughs> we don't need them. Maybe we should use science. Just a suggestion. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we should she's... tin off the fucking tarot yeah. cards. Because obviously that's accurate. Yeah. Death, death, death. Well, I'm looking forward to this birth. This hasn't added any level of stress or anxiety to an already stressful event. Thanks, Mig or Meg. <laughs> <laughs> but in my notes, it said edge. Can we look for the humour? Come on, <laughs> let's look for the humour. But I've written edgelords, plus, 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 dramatic. Clearly cooked the cards. How fucking convenient that the cards tell her not to go to the Nanatans. Oh, she's playing with her sister's brain. She's using her own mother's death in childbirth to fuck with her own sister. That's exactly. dark. It's That's dark. It's dark. It's taking a dark turn. Right, new scene. Jane's been told to deliver a baby box to Mig and Meg. Why? My notes are like, why? Why? why I felt that. Clearly anxious as fuck and gone, absolute nightmare clients. Mig and Meg, they've got one brain cell between them and they're very busy. <laughs> <laughs> they've got two heads out, <laughs> one brain cell, and they're very aggressive. And we're going to send this poor, anxious, shaking like a shitting dog woman who's just arrived <laughs> and been like send her she'll be fine it, and while we're there Sheila's the one giving her the box and she's like why are you there tell them you need a wee 
and go through their house and just judge how they're living. Have a little look around, let us know, because we don't want to go. But for whatever reason, we've decided we're not going to send a registered clinician. We're going to send you, Jane, the noob. I feel like they're overestimating Jane's assertiveness to ask for the toilet. <laughs> Could you imagine? Anyway, it goes terribly wrong, which is a spoiler because clearly all of you listeners are like, no, Jane's going to smash this. This is going to be Jane's moment to shine. It's not. Jane no. turns up and is very anxious because clearly she knows what she's about to walk into. <laughs> If they were like Mig or Meg, one brain cell, two head scarves, will punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> They've told us they don't want anything to do with us. Give them this baby box. And they start throwing it like you would throw your poo in the last episode. Not pregnant, Mig or Meg takes this box and she acts as though she's given her like a box full of cum or something. She's like, Ugh, Ugh. baby doll, no. An enema kit? No. A blanket? Fuck off. We've got all the headscarves we need. She throws them everywhere. Everything's gone. <laughs> <laughs> she throws it all in the street. It's very dramatic. It is very dramatic. It's Heidi again at her best. She could squeeze the drama out of a tampon. New scene. Jenny's now in the surgery and um, Jenny's with this horrible doctor and the doctor is starting the surgery and Jenny gives him the blade because he asked for one and he's like, how fucking dare you assume I want a 10 blade, bitch. Get me a 24, making some assumptions using your brain. Ugh. Oh, women hate with women brains. Oh. This is the 1950s. Women are there to have babies and to shut up. Yeah. There's no brains in women at this point in history. I'm so glad I was born when I was born, because I would not have boded well in the 1950s. I would have killed a lot of people, I'm sure. You and me would have met in prison. Probably, yeah. We would have had a great time, though. I would have. I'd have made you my bitch, though. Really? Yeah. You see you see that this way round? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I would be the big spoon. I'm taller. Yeah, but everybody's taller than me. I've got to compensate in other ways. This is true. <laughs> we'll never know. Anyway. So, <laughs> back to the situation at hand. The doctor <laughs> loads of shit and says, nurse, you're not here to think, you're here to do. Terrible. Ooh. It is, well, yeah. It's how it was, though, isn't it, at the time? That's like 50, that's the 1950s for you in a nutshell. Hmm. Talented really woman, intelligent, great eyebrows, shit personality, but still, she's founded she on. Exactly. She didn't deserve it. And I mean, we're not Jenny's number one top fans. If anyone's listened to the pilot, they might have picked up on that. We were very subtle. About our opinions. I, I think you were a little bit too discreet, actually, in your hatred. <laughs> I think next time maybe I'll be more oblique. But yeah, <laughs> in this situation, I do feel bad for her because she's humiliated in front of all these other nurses. And he kind of goes, just get over there, stand in the corner like she's a naughty child. And she says, he says to the other trainee doctors, he's like, just remember, you're here to learn from me, not nurse. Bastard. Ooh, bastard. bastard. 
bastard. New scene. Jenny is now cycling <laughs> to the artist. And this is a big Jenny scene. So we're just going to skate right through it, okay? No conversation needed. No one cares. So Jenny's cycling to Ninatus and Jimmy's there and he's in his old van car truck thing. And he Lady um, Godiva. No. Lady, Lady Godiva. Lady Chatterley. Lady Chatterley. Oh shit. Lady well, you know, you can't help me. Two naked women with their boobs are. I'm gonna get confused at some point. Is Chatterley naked? I know Lady Godiva's the one that goes around on the white horse naked. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure Lady Chatterley got her boobs out for Mellas. Is it Lady Chatterley? It's like a book about Lady Chatterley's lover. Yeah. D.H. Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. See, podcast listeners, this is actually a very highbrow podcast. We do know what we're talking about, bitches. We do. We're just drunk. So, yeah. So, Jimmy and Jenny are then sitting in this truck and having a little chat. And um, Jimmy says, I'd invite you to the wedding if I was allowed. And it's... I watched this and I was like, oh, fuck off, Jimmy. Like, if you don't want to marry this woman, you're kind of putting Jenny in a really awkward position where you turn no. up like, oh, yeah, I'm not allowed to invite you to the wedding because I'm clearly still in love with you. But Jenny's not interested. But she she's is. Just being, no, she's just being she's polite. She's just being polite. She's, it's like that first crush where the boy likes you or the girl likes you and you're just, like, not that interested but you like the attention. So you just go with it and you want it, but you're actually like, I'm never fucking doing anything with you, you wanker. I'd imagine that you'd say that if someone tried to... I would, but Jenny doesn't. She just flirts her eyebrows at him. She does. She has excellent eyebrows. We think Jenny. I eyebrows... love her eyebrows. That's the best thing about her acting, actually. I do think she doesn't have any interest in Jimmy up to this point. Until he's getting married, she doesn't... Until she can't him. have him. Until she can't have him. She likes forbidden fruit, does Jenny? Yeah, like Trixie. Yeah. Trixie's not forbidden, though. Trixie's just bisexual. Yeah. We love okay, Trixie. yeah, I've not Trixie's made a very a good point icon. there. I love Trixie. But she can do I love better. Trixie. I really want Trixie to just be the star of every series that now takes place. I think she, she is. is. Yeah, she is a little bit now. She's definitely become the granddam of called midwife. Oh, I don't know. Monica Joan? No, it's all about Trixie now. In the early days, it was Jenny. In the mid-seasons, it was Ensemble. And now it's just about Trixie. It's because everyone's Although left. I do, well, yeah, but I do like Nurse Crane and I will not hear anything Vlad said about Nurse Crane. She's my favourite character. She's mine. I would die for Phyllis. I'd die for Phyllis as well. Just and I'd definitely die if Phyllis, Phyllis filled me. And Nurse Crane. Yeah. All right, she's... You see. Sorry. So... <laughs> cut, cut people. Cut. cut the shit out. It's gone. So, yeah. So Jimmy suggests that Jenny goes with him for a last spin in the car before selling it. And then he kind of, in a really, mm, this is such a bad thing. Friend wants to put deposit on a house. <sighs> I want to buy a house. The deposit that's required to buy a house in London in the 1950s is a very different deposit that's required now. If all that was needed was for me to fucking sell my car, I'd do it. Yeah. I feel like we should have got on the property ladder in 1957. We'd have been, or 58 at this point, probably. We'd have been much happier people. But we'd have had to be straight. 
We could have done it together and pretended like we were just friends buying together. I don't think you and I could be good roommates. Roommate. Really? No, we could. But I'd come in and find you pressing olive oil between your tits. And... <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I would never press olive oil between my tits. What, when we lived together? No, I would be pressing olives between my tits. Yeah, let's not make it weird. And we'd have to have the we'd have to have the permission from our fathers to have bank accounts of our own. We would. No, if we were over twenty one, we're golden. What golden lesbians? Hey, if we are, we are. That's like the super. That's like the superstar of the lesbian world, though, isn't it? Gold what, star. Golden lesbian. Gold star. Yeah. No, that's a terrible phrase. I don't agree with the gold star thing. It's. You are what you are. Everyone finds their own way to being fanny lovers. You do you, babe. Okay. I've, I do myself quite a lot, actually, but I don't get anywhere else. 16, which is the age of consent. Anything below that, dodgy. But anything above that, cool beans. You do yeah, you. Yeah, it's got to be legal. It's got to be legal, people. Don't break the law. Exactly. It's like stop fucking sucking your fingers. <laughs> I'm eating some chocolate. Right. Next scene. Oh, yeah. No, wait. So Jimmy has a bit of a, oh, Francine wants me to sell the car so we can buy a house and settle down. Fuck off, Jimmy. It's called growing up, prick. And then... Um, <laughs> That's the problem is prick got him into this bloody situation. Exactly. He got her pregnant and now he's like, oh, I have to... Suck it up, the choices. Well, yeah, it's called being an adult, Jimmy. Grow up. And then... Jenny does actually, and I'm, this isn't a good thing. Jenny says, I will go for you a ride on Saturday. And I feel like the subtext is, I'll ride you on Saturday. Do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Next scene. Wow. Kathy sees Jenny. If that's all it takes, shit, I've been missing out all these years. So next time a girl says to you, Kay Kim, should we go for a drive? Because you've fallen down a time tunnel and ended up in the 1960s when driving was a like a hobby but again, <laughs> and you're like she's gonna do me or i'm gonna do her on that drive okay in the back seat not necessarily oh, i quite like the thought of the back seat drive but if there's a sunroof you could just pop out of that <laughs> not i'm not tall enough <laughs> <laughs> Oh, could you imagine the rug bird on your knees? I... Well, you could wear, like, knee pads, couldn't you? Go prepared. But I feel like that's too much. You go with knee pads, you're being a bit presumptuous. No, I have knee pads in my boot all the time, the same way I have um, <laughs> wrist guards. <laughs> no, wrist guards for my kettlebells. What? Yeah, when my kettlebells flip round and smack me on the wrist. I've got a little guard that protects them. I could have to say, you know, in the same way I've got my boxing gloves in the boot as well, in case, you know, my fit personal trainer turns around and says, we're doing boxing today. That's very prepared. There's a lot of equipment, isn't there? There's a hell of a lot of equipment in my boot. There's, <laughs> there a, hell of a, lot, there's a hell of a lot of equipment been in my boot as well. <laughs> <laughs> Right, new scene. Patsy um, is outside the London and she goes, oh, hello, I 
because Jenny's walking past and she said, I didn't even spot you because they're out of their uniform. And Patsy's in this kind of silk brown polka dot number. And Jenny goes, oh, I've just been buying a new dress because she's very self-absorbed and couldn't give a fuck what's going on with Patsy. Patsy then has to be like, well, I've just had a job interview to be a florist. Surely Delia should have been part of this discussion. Do you think Delia wanted Patsy to be a florist? Are we thinking Delia's on the scene at this point? Yes. Okay, well, then Delia very much should have been part of that discussion. Patsy's very bubbly. I feel like she's getting some at this point. She is very bubbly, comparatively. That's the bubbliness of someone who's getting a lot of orgasms. That's the bubbliness of a honeymoon phase, isn't it? Yeah. She's in love. She wants to be a florist. The surgeon's a dick, but she's got a nice, cute Welsh girlfriend. Who's on holiday in Tenby. That's why Jenny's there. Yeah, and that's why she's like, I'm going to leave. She's being very dramatic. And she's like, I just can't stand the absence of the love of my life. So I'm going to quit and get a new job. Yeah, because that won't go down well, will it? Patsy's not really a long-term planner. She's a very emotional reactor, as we'll discuss in later episodes. She does not yeah. think through. Delia's the sensible one. Patsy's the one that's like, my parents died in a concentration camp, Trixie, because you took one of my mirrors. Compacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patsy's got no chill at all. So um, they have a discussion <laughs> with the surgeon that's horrible and... Jenny says, oh, are you, is it because of the horrible surgeon? And Patsy's like, see, you've only been here one day and already you've picked it up. Surely that's enough for everyone to see how bad this surgeon is. And Jenny goes, has no one, there's no one taken this further? No one put a complaint in. And it's really quite sad because Patsy goes, well, no, no one can because he's a surgeon and we're nurses. New scene. Um, this time, Maeve, I'm going to use her real name because she's not, Megan Mig in this moment she's just Maeve and um she's alone and she's come to Nanatus for help and she's clearly quite emotional and she knocks on the door and she asks for Cynthia who she calls the small one Maeve learn someone's name I know we've been calling you Megan Meg throughout this podcast but Cynthia just learn her name it's not difficult fuck's sake no. Meg. especially so if you've taken her for like 47 million pounds with her fucking avocados <laughs> yeah, she's basically paid for this baby all on her own. You mean yeah. least show it respect. So Sister Evangelina is the one to open the door and Maeve is a little bit taken aback, but she still goes for it. She says she sneaked away because Meg is sleeping. She says she gets more tired in the evenings. Is this a hostage situation that we have got to discuss the weird relationship with these twins? It's she's fucking drugged her and she's broken out. That's what's happened. She's given her something made out of herbs and she's bolted. That's what's been happened. Checking. She's been checking. It's Stockholm yeah. syndrome. It is a bit, isn't it? It's very odd. I mean, it's fucking odd. We'll talk about it in the birth scene, but yeah. So Sister Evangelina says, look, you need to come to the maternity home. That's the best place for you. You know that you're a prima gravita. You know that you're an elderly mother. It'd be safer, especially with your family history, to come to the maternity home. And Maeve is like, no, no, no. We go together, Maeve. Ooh, and Maeve. We like peas in a pod with our peas little in a pod. They occasionally have threesomes. And, um, oh, no. I know. No. Oh, that's your line. Call the midwife porn. Sister Julianne getting finger blasted, fine. Meg and Meg, no. Maeve then cries, but oh, Sister Angelina tells her, she says to her, call when your labour starts and we'll do what we can. We'll 
do what we can and Maeve then leaves. She goes back to the shadows, goes back and crawls in and I'm imagining pretends to niggle Meg that, yeah, I've just been here the whole time. New scene. Jenny and Cynthia are laying in Jenny's bed of pain and talking... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Jenny's bed of pain. (laughs) And they're talking about Jimmy. (laughs) control yourself control yourself we've got a whole four pages of notes left right they're sitting in jenny's bed of pain and they're very awkwardly sitting on this single bed aren't they and jenny's kind of talking about jimmy and how jimmy's marrying someone he doesn't love and poor jimmy and i like cynthia in the scene because she says well there's clearly something there because they've slept together and then jenny goes well, sex doesn't equal love, Cynthia. As if she's some kind of bard of knowledge. She's clearly a fucking virgin. Like, what do you know about it, Jenny? Yeah, she was a bit pretentious in this scene, wasn't she? It's like, oh, I know more than you, you little short person that has a strange bob and a weird voice. I know way more than you do about sex. She knows nothing more. She doesn't. And that's and we know that because in the pilot, she went two fingers deep, no lube. <laughs> was there any Rookie avocado mistake. <laughs> mistake we've all got to learn haven't we, we so have. Cynthia points out to Jenny that she's being a bit hypocritical and that she missed her chance and should let Jimmy go because Jimmy is engaged to be married and there's also a discussion about Gerald which is a nice parallel because Jenny was in love with a married man that's her backstory isn't it that she was in love with yeah. a married man could never have him turned up at Poplar to escape that. And then she's repeating it with Jimmy. And Jenny doesn't really accept it. She's like, well, well, Jimmy's my friend and I'm doing this because I love him, not because I'm selfish. Which, if we didn't like Jenny, we might suggest that maybe she is a bit selfish. But as we do like Jenny, we won't say that. New scene. Okay. (laughs) Jenny's now speaking to a surgeon, to the naughty surgeon who's not very nice to nurses. Oh, Dr. Tracy. Dr. Tracy, yeah. I'm glad you took notes. Well, it's Anthony Cough. I take notes all the time when he's in stuff. He's good. He is good. So Jenny's speaking to Dr. Tracy and doing all the checks. And he notices it's a really small scene, but he's trying to put a letter into an envelope and can't do it because his hand's tremoring. And Jenny obviously notices this. And she's talking to... And then... She goes off and rings Jimmy and she cancels the Saturday ride. She's like, right, we're not going to be nobbing off together in Lady Chatterley. Um, we're just going to have to go our separate ways. We're not going to have one last bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah, but he wants the bang. He wants the bang, but he can't He's have... upset. He wants the bang. He's marrying another woman. But he wants one last hurrah with the woman he actually loves. I feel so bad for Francine that he's having this horrible conversation with another woman. New scene. Mr. Carter arrives at Donata's house and he's calling for a midwife because he says that Maeve is in labour. And then it switches to a whole new scene where Mig and Meg are in some sort of... Stop calling them fucking Meg and Meg. <laughs> Mega Mega in a sex dungeon in some sort of show. <laughs> oh, 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 the chair! Oh my the chair. god! The chair. Oh my god! The, the, sex the chair. fucking sex 
but no, not the sex chair. Maybe that's where the babies were conceived in this weird, horrible chair that's from 1500s. But Mig and Meg are in there and Meg or Mig, the pregnant one, is very upset and obviously going into labour and she's having a bit of a cry and non-pregnant Mig or Meg comes up to her and it's like have some raspberry leaves that'll be fine have some raspberry leaves drink up yeah but everybody every lesbian loves some like raspberry tea don't they i've never tried it i do like raspberry vodka oh yeah you do don't you maybe that's your thing because you're weird yeah okay okay so yeah, so Mick Meg's like, drink this raspberry tea. Come on, drink it. You'll be fine. It'll be wonderful. And they're in, there's no light. There's just candles all over the place. Mag tackled to a sex chair. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a scene out of a Hammer Horror film. <laughs> it is. But also, could you imagine giving birth by candlelight when you have electricity? I think I'd rather give birth by candlelight, to be honest. <laughs> Is it a flash? I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like penetrative light is my friend. My friend. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd want the midwife to have like a hard hat and a big miner's light and just to see everything to make sure they've not missed anything. I don't want anything to be left if I'm going to be shitting out a kid. I want everything to be there and to be seen and checked. <laughs> <laughs> Because candlelight... Don't make me laugh. We're trying to be sensible. But just imagine it. Like, the candlelight, it's flickering. Like, could you it's imagine... It's very like, romantic. Nicholas Flamel would love it. Nicholas Flamel, but, like, there's no depth perception in candlelight. Could you imagine trying to catch a baby and be like, fucking hell, I'm not Charles Dickens. They don't shoot <laughs> out. <laughs> the sides aren't lubed that well. There isn't enough Vaseline in the world that would make that happen. Not if Jenny shares her bicycle seat. Come on, lads. Smears it all over the Pooh! Comes out really fast. It's like grease in a baking tin. That's all it is. It's exactly what childbirth is. Once again, not um, proper professionals. Always speak to a midwife if you're pregnant. We are not oracles of respected knowledge. So, going back to my notes. So... They're in this dungeon, they're in this sex scene. They're obviously paid some money to go to some area in Soho for this because it's very suspect. And then the door goes and it's Trixie and Sheila and they arrive and Trixie instantly turns on the light. She's like, fuck off, I'm not doing this in candlelight. Switch on the electricity. And, um, and good for her. And I've, in my note says, Trixie is firm, thank fuck. She's a badass in that scene. I was a little bit turned on by assertive Trixie, I'll be honest. Yeah. It's the hair was just like there, like perfect. Yeah. And the light was on and it was like, I'm in charge. And here yeah, is don't wear capes. Miggle Meg's face, doesn't she? Non-pregnant Miggle Meg comes up and is like, turn them off. It needs to be in complete dark. No. And she's like, how dare you? How dare you? The lights will be on and we'll be using modern medicine, you silly bitch. And it's like, yeah. woo, Trixie. Go, Trixie. I knew Trixie was my favourite character apart from Nurse Karain for a reason. Trixie's amazing. We would Trixie's brilliant. Trixie. We love Trixie. Bye, yeah. Icon. So Trixie and Sheila arrive and they say to they see that Mig or Meg is strapped to some sort of sexual <laughs> wooden contraption and goes, maybe we should use a bed. They, Trixie and Sheila go, we need to get her off this sexual contraption. We need to put her <laughs> in a bed. And 
Meg <laughs> not pregnant, Meg or Mig, turns up and is like, no, she needs to be on the birthing chair. And it's like, where the fuck have you come from? Have you slipped from another dimension? Let her get into bed, you silly bitch. Where did they get that bloody chair from? I think Meg carved it over the course of the pregnancy, just in anger. What, out of avocado yeah. stones? They sold a lot that year. <laughs> just the proceeds of avocado. 18 million pounds. And everyone was like, fair, fair enough. Um, and then Meg is quite angry. She's like, who called you? I never called you. And Trixie's quite, like, I love her. She's like, no, we work on telepathy, you Oh, morphs. that was a brilliant line. That had me howling. I was pissing myself. Yeah. And then... Maeve goes, I called a Meg. Now, come on, sit next to me. I need some help. And Meg's like, no, and leaves, fucks off, just despite the fact that she's incredibly over-involved in her sister's pregnancy. Can't be asked because she's not in control anymore. Yeah, she's not the boss now, so she's not interested. I think this is important for her life, though. She needs to learn she can't be controlled all the time. Yeah. I, th I feel like this was a, a very much a rebalancing of the twins' relationship. Yeah. That is true. Right. So new scene. Um, Patsy rushes up to Jenny. Jenny's at work. And as we all know, the nurses don't work to any kind of work plan, routine or shift pattern. There are no rules. They can work whatever hours they want. They have no work-life balance. Jenny's like, well, I have no friends. And the only guy that I did was, was friends with is going to marry someone. And I've just cancelled a casual fuck in his car. So I'm good. If you want me to work an extra shift, I'm here for it, man. Need that extra money because one day I might leave. Um, wow, that was quite the monologue. Sorry. I'm impressed. Didn't take a breath. No, you didn't. I can sorry. tell. So, yeah. You're good. You're good at this shit, aren't you? <laughs> Cut that. Cut that. We don't need that. Thanks, producer. Right. Patsy says, oh, my God, there's a patient coming in. Um, and she rattles off all of this stuff. She's like, he's got this, he's got this, he's come in. Registrar's seen him. She's so effective. I love Patsy in this episode. You kind of see She's the... just so efficient. All lesbians are so efficient. Are you efficient? No. What are you then? Confused. Oh, you'll find your way. <laughs> aimlessly round it, <laughs> cycling around poplar till I do <laughs> Jenny just one day I'll find a fanny and it will stick um, oh that's your line Ew. maybe Vaseline on it oh, okay that tastes nice <clears throat> Vaseline yeah what's Vaseline in Welsh Vaseline <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking Welsh, I'm from hell <laughs> Right, so Jenny runs up in a panic And it's Jimmy Jimmy's the guy that's been brought in And he's dying, that's all we know Jimmy is dying and he's very he's dramatic He's got septicemia But Jimmy's a foreshadowing Jimmy tells her, she's like Jenny, I have septicemia And we're like, wow Good thing he becomes a doctor on casualty, isn't it? Because he really yeah. got that down He's got the medical knowledge to do it. He does. He learned it all in the 1950s. He did. And then he went to casualty. He just went next door to another studio. Yeah, in Bristol. Yeah. Where you live. Yeah, I live in Bristol. Yeah. It's because I like Bristol tips. Yeah. 
So Jenny is pissed off. Jenny is like, God damn it, this man. <laughs> Are we at Bristol's, love? Are we at Bristol's? <laughs> Jenny's fuming and she, the surgeon comes down. <laughs> you discharged him a week ago. And if you'd done your test properly, you would know. But she says it very passive aggressively. And the doctor says, okay, we'll prep him for surgery. Go and get me a nurse. And Jenny says, there are no other nurses. Not one. I'm the only one who can do this. And the doctor just... Because Patsy's gone for a coffee. Patsy's gone for a coffee and to write a postcard to Delia about her floristry job and how horny she is yeah thinking of you uh bought some flowers today had a job interview how's 10b wouldn't mind eating you out it's your mum love <laughs> please don't let your mum see this postcard um so then they go off to do jimmy's surgery new scene mig and meg the non-pregnant mig and meg insulting <laughs> <laughs> And um, Mr. Mig and Meg, he's standing there with Dr. Turner and going, oh, they've always been two of a kind. And it's like, that's a weird relationship. Who who are you married to, Mr. Carter? Mig he or doesn't Meg? know. He doesn't know. He <laughs> can't tell them apart. Does Mig or Meg know who's Mig or Meg? No, they don't. They just go as an entity. That's it. <laughs> They're just one, one person. One brain cell, two headscarves. Um, so Meg, <laughs> Meg, and um, she goes right I'm going to move out I'm going to leave and the husband goes oh don't be like that come on because he's thinking I have some brilliant threesomes with you and your twin don't leave oh, make, God. <laughs> make it normal God forbid um, and then it's, it goes back to Maeve who's giving birth and she said I was the death of my mother so Meg came into the world and then I was born and all the death was my fault. And that's a real yeah. turning point. And I think we're supposed to care, but I am more concerned about the fact of Mig and Meg's dynamics than what's going to happen in the next I scene. was more yeah. concerned about Dr. Turner getting his elbow in the juice that was on the bed. Yeah, what juice? Did you... Yeah, the juice from the first baby. Did you not see that? No, they've not had the first baby yet. Oh, shit, sorry. Oh, don't skip ahead. Okay, so Mig and Meg... I do that a lot. I do that a lot. I get ahead of myself. They chat about infant mortality just to stress the new mother out even more. They talk about how the fact people die when they give birth. But as a genuine thing, people really did put themselves in danger when they gave birth back then, didn't they? Well, a little bit. I so mean, none of my family ever died from childbirth, I'll be honest. But I think it depended on your hygiene and where you were. Well, the Welsh are very hygienic, aren't they? Well, I'm not Welsh. I'm from Hull. <laughs> the Hull people are very hygienic, aren't they? Apparently. Yeah. I wouldn't know. From Lancashire. What's the um, football team from Hull called? Hull City Rovers. <laughs> anyone in the podcast follows football, please let us know if that's accurate. Right. <laughs> so, the fact that where's the baby going to go when it's born? I imagine that your twin's probably building the crib. I mean, they just completely sack off the husband. They're like, no, the twin's making the crib. We've never even spoken to the husband. He's not a thing. Well, he just whacked off into a test tube and they inseminated each other and whoever got pregnant first got pregnant. And yeah, there, there's some weird sexual vibes between these twins. 
So the baby, Maeve says the babies are going to go into a drawer like we did. And then Maeve has some gas and air. And then the first baby is born. Yay. And it's Yay. a girl. And Maeve all the way through couldn't give a fuck about her husband. She's like, where's Meg? I need Meg. Um, and this was a nice scene because Sheila and Patrick were working together really well in this, weren't they? I have to say, I've realised that I slagged off Dr. Turner an awful lot in the previous episode that we reviewed. But actually in this, he was amazing. He was a really good doctor in this. Good yeah. acting, good doctor, good hair. Good hair, yeah. Well done, Heidi. Good I think smoking. Matt there. Yeah. Yeah. So the baby's born and it's a little girl and it, there's a weird moment where one of them says, oh, Meg will be pleased because we never did like boys. And then Dr. Turner goes to take the baby out and the other twin, Mig or Meg, says, oh, Meg, <laughs> Mig, Mig will be proud because we never did like boys. They don't like boys. What's going on with these twins? Does the husband, how did the husband ever get towards close enough to impregnate one of them? He was a means to an end. That's all it was. Means to an end. I don't think he was given much of a choice. I imagine Mig or Meg just rugby tackled him and added at their way. Yeah, basically. One of them was like, had him in a headlock while the other was straddling him. And that's how it happened. I think they tied him to their weird birthing sex Oh, the sex chair in the sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. So I've no whole... experience of sex dungeons, so I don't know. No, me neither. But I, if I could picture a sex dungeon... It would be Mig and Meg's house. Yeah, probably, but with fewer avocados. And more sex chairs. And more lemons. <laughs> lemons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my notes just say the whole setup is odd. And then um, Maeve continues to ask for Meg. And Trixie says, listen, there is such a thing as, you know, being ready for visitors. And basically, she's saying, listen, mate, your flange looks like a ripped out fireplace. You've just pushed a kid out you need to take a little bit of time for yourself and maybe it's like no no no. we've seen each other in worse positions again such a weird setup with these twins yeah would you want if you just given birth would you want your brother to come in and see you no I, I, I don't even want him near me on any day of the week so why would I want him there like flange it's... out baby's just been born placenta's that'd not be fucking weird wouldn't it your brother just like they're holding your hand while something's coming out your vagina. No, it's too weird for me. It's I... too weird. It's too, it's too weird. weird. And he's very tall, so he would be able to see you from any area of the room, wouldn't he? Because that's all. Well, he'd be able to see that I haven't shaved. I've not got rid of the cankers. Oh, he'd be no able to see everything. <laughs> That'd be too he'd, much. He'd be able to see bloody. Yeah, no. Let's not go there. The it's not right. It's not right. No, it's wrong. No. We are against the Mig and Meg situation. It's wrong. Yeah. Daughters of Mag. So. <laughs> Stop making me fucking laugh. You're distracting me. So then the Dr. Turner has given the baby to Mr. Carter and is like, oh, you have a little girl. Congratulations. And then Trixie comes in and goes, oh, doctor, come back, come back, because it's twins, undiagnosed twins. So Mig and Meg are having twin girls. Yeah, even fucking weirder. Let's add twins to the twins dynamic. Sure, why not? Um, and when they get in there, Dr. Turner is told by Sheila that the baby is laying transversed, which basically means it's laying on its side with the hole in the middle. So the baby's like 
not going to come out. There's no way. You'd have to fold in half in order to flip through there. And that's just I not... Bet, I bet Conchita could squeeze that out. Conchita's had 25 kids. Conchita's a yeah, pro. Yeah, she could she squeeze could that out. Pull down a bit and it'd be fine. Yeah. Straight out. Anyway. Boom. You'd be catching it, wouldn't you, with like a... What, what do you Americans have when you play basket? No, baseball. What's that little glove you have? Gloves. Gloves. You'd be catching baby. If Conchita was shooting out a baby, that's what you'd be catching the baby with. Those baseball gloves that have just Baseball massive. gloves, yeah. And, and it's sliding and you'd be like, I've, I've had the home. No, not a home run. What is no, it? What do you run. do? Why are you, why are you looking at me like that, producer? Just because you're fucking American and know better. Just piss just all over my jokes, you bitch. British people, you know nothing about softball, baseball, all those things. So the second baby is is transverse and laying over the hole. So then they decide as a team they're gonna in a like Trixie's got a thigh, Sheila's got a thigh, Dr. Turner's got clamped up a fanny, and they're gonna twist this baby all around. So it's quite a painful process. And Maeve starts to scream out loud, and Meg runs into the room, transforms into a boxer, goes all East End. Oh, there's, there's no archways. There's no archways. There's no archways. She's just freestyling it the entire way. She runs in, grabs Dr. Turner, and drags him away from his sister's, her sister's fanny. And they have like a bit of a scuffle. And then Sheila runs in and is like, that's my future husband and father of 17 million of my children. Leave him alone. <laughs> Meg slaps her across the face. Sheila goes over like a sack of shit. And then <laughs> Dr. Turner is like, hey, if you carry on, we'll leave your sister to die and the baby to die. And it's all going to be your fault. Just go next over there and hold her hand, you silly twin. I feel like that's not quite the Hippocratic oath he should have taken. If you fucking sh- if you fucking punch my girlfriend in the face, I am not saving your pregnant sister from having that fucking kid. We have a zero tolerance policy for slapping nuns in the face in this show. No one should her. <laughs> That's my wife, you fucking care. Exactly. EastEnders style. I'm not your mother. Yes, I am. Get out of my pub! (laughs) Oh God, we've lost control. Right, (laughs) bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Come on, we've got this. The baby is born. Second baby is born, and it's another girl. Ah, beautiful. Maeve then starts to hemorrhage in true call the midwife fashion, and Sheila then does this weird prayer, lifting, dropping, lifting, dropping. The baby, which is the second <laughs> life. If I had just given birth and I looked up and a nun <laughs> was up and down, up, up and down, down, up and down, I'd be like, I think I'm dead. Like, is yeah. this, this heaven? This is the pearly gates. This, this is, is some Peter raising my vag because nobody else is interested. This was not in the book. The baby is born. Dr. Turner saves a day and gives them a shot of some clotting type agents. Anti-clotting. No, clotting. They want the baby. They want her to clot. So yeah. they give her um, this drug, which magically saves the day. She stops hemorrhaging. And um, the baby's all born. Gods. The baby's all fine. Gods. All is fine. Maeve then says, we'll give Meg the other twin because I have one and that's more than enough for me so give the other twin this twin let's make it weird let's give us each a baby 
So we continue to have a role in this weird, fucked up social situation that we're living in. You know how when the BBC will sometimes auction off whatever it is, like costumes or paraphernalia or sets? Do you think I could buy the sex chair? Do you think that will be an auction at some point? If it is, I never want to hear about it. Okay, fair enough. You can sit and do your olives with them, can't you? Any sex chair. Well, no, because like all I have a dream of is that a virgin will be sat in the sex chair and yeah. she will she will squeeze olives between her breasts Into and it will, it will roll down her belly button and then group. And then carry on when it fills up. Paint the scene for me. Is it an innie or an outie belly button? It's an innie, so it needs to pool. And then like like a little like a little Kentucky waterfall, it will pour down and eventually it will act as lube for when I'm down there. And that's my that's my that's my dream. Well, everyone needs a dream. Is that not a good dream? I think you should live by that dream. Maybe not a sex chair. Why do you need a sex chair? Just use a chair from your dining room table. They don't have arms. Why that I can have... strap, because I need to strap them in. <laughs> this is getting dark. Anyway, <laughs> the, baby, the baby is born. Mick and Meg <laughs> have a beautiful name <laughs> where they're like, what are you going to call your twin, Mig or Meg? And they go, Mig. And the other one goes, what are you going to cause your baby? It goes, Meg. And it's like, excellent. Make this more complicated. Let's have Mick and Meg and Mick and Meg Jr. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> because they have no other friends. They don't have a life outside of one another. Mick or Meg, fine. Crisis is over. Everything is fine. Dr. Turner and Sheila then have a fag out the back. Oh, the sexual fag. Oh, the sexual tension. Because Dr. Hannah's like, I feel like we're just been in a war. And it's like, same. That episode, this whole episode with Meg and Meg has felt very challenging to me. Well, it's just foreplay for Dr. Turner and sister. Well, Sheila got slapped in the face and then Dr. Turner got to be like all alpha male and don't you hit the mother of my children. Yeah. And then they got to share a fag, which in classic... In classic 1940s cinema means they've shagged. They've shagged. You've got to have a victory they've fag. You've got to have a victory got... fag after sex. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah. So Sheila and Dr. Dunn share a cigarette. This is, by the way, for the Americans listening to the podcast, fag is a colloquialism for cigarettes in the UK. We are not... Yeah. It doesn't mean that they, they bummed each other. They didn't bum each other, okay? They didn't do that because that would be a different... BBC rating. Yeah, and that would not there. be on Sunday night, would it? Let's face it. That'd be on Channel <laughs> 4 on a Friday night at 11 o'clock. Sheila in a tube, just being revealed bit by bit, and then Dr. Turner <laughs> comes up and... Bums her. Uh, bums her. That's all that cigarette. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With a cigarette. Yeah. God, we are going to get... An blocked. unlit one. An unlit one, because otherwise Between it would be odd. Between her bum cheeks, just yeah. one cigarette. Don't see it, pulls it out. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, sexy. 
So then Sheila leaves. Sheila's like, I love having a cigarette. I used to have a cigarette a lot when I was younger. My dad had one. And she shares a bit of personal information, which I don't think nuns are supposed to do. And then she goes off and Dr. Turner clearly watches her ass as... Oh, yeah. I would. Yeah. It's a nice ass. You would look at Sheila's ass. Yeah. She's got a good ass. Okay, well, that makes it weird. I wouldn't look at Why? Sheila's ass. Because she's Why? like virginal. No, she's gorgeous. She's be- Laura Maine is fit. Laura Maine is fit as fuck. <laughs> Laura Maine, if you're listening to this, every lesbian in the fandom, you're their number two. Yeah. No, number three. Patsy then Delia. Mm, no, Patsy, no I don't I don't want to do Delia. I don't want to do Delia. Delia I do nurse crane first. Oh, okay, number five. Patsy Delia, Trixie, <laughs> Nurse Crane, Sheila. I, no, I like Sheila. I think Sheila's amazing. I think she's got good glasses action going on. So, podcast discussion. Please rank your midwives and nuns from Chag, Marry, Avoid. Number one. <laughs> Maybe five. Number one. Everyone's number one is Patsy. That's all I'm saying. And everyone's number two is Delia. No, no, it's not. My number two is fucking Nurse Crane. Okay, right. And well, then uh, it's Sheila. Discord discussion, okay? I want to see a poll. I want to see people's opinion on this, okay? Let's, let's, have, a green, let's have a mass debate about it. No, let's have a debate, not a mass debate. <laughs> <laughs> Kim has lost her mind. It's not that kind of discord. Maybe for you. <laughs> right, new scene. New scene. We're nearly on the last. Come on, it's the home straight, people. It's the home straight. The there. New scene. Jenny shops Dr. Tracy about his Parkinson's to matron. So she goes in and she says, I have concerns. I've seen that he has a tremor. He makes mistakes. And he missed out the oscillation part of the assessment with Jimmy, which would have told us that he had septicemia. Jenny, did you know this entire time that the doctor missed out this particular part of the assessment and you knew Jimmy would get sick? She's a bitch. She let that happen and she didn't need to. Because she's a weak cow. But then it goes on. The matron goes, well, Jenny, you have intelligence and sensitivity. Not sensitive enough to not let Jimmy die of an illness that she saw hadn't been treated correctly. It's bad, isn't it? It's bad for Jenny. Jenny gets praise for being stupid and bad and nearly killing people. All the time. And I don't get it. All the time. It's because her eyebrows are so good. Right, new scene. Sheila is praying. This is the near last penultimate. No, 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 she's on her knees. That's different. No, no. Just because she's on your <laughs> list doesn't mean she's on my list, okay? Let's not make this <laughs> <laughs> Picture it. Kim's on her sex seat and <laughs> Laura Main is on No, we can't oh, do it. No, we can't, we can't name the actresses when we're doing that. That's unfair. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Sheila is praying and she's clearly conflicted because she had a little toot on Dr. Turner's cigarette and is now in love. She's with pregnant. Her. She's, she's now pregnant. pregnant. She's pregnant with her. Because first she smoked child. a cigarette. Yeah. 
Timothy's going to get a sibling very soon. And this is the start of Turner Debt. This is a very big turning point in the series because after this, they kind of go a little bit more serious. They're both this is more kind of huge, isn't it? This is really huge, especially for the Turner Debt funds. This is the like the pinnacle of the um, move over from we're just friends to we're sharing cigarettes and we're flirting and we're going to eventually fuck each other. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. New scene. Jimmy is... (laughs) (laughs) Move it on. (laughs) Right, so Jimmy is now married to Francine. There's a scene. He's coming out of the church with Francine. They're all very happy. And Jenny, despite being like, I can't have you. We can't be friends. We can't have anything to do with each other. I've cancelled our Saturday fuck. We are not going to meet. She's watching from the shadows as they get married. She's hidden behind the back of a car and she's like behind the edge of the car looking up like, oh, that could have been me if I'd been more open to that. She's not open to it though. She wants the chase. She doesn't want the climax. That's Jenny all over. It is. It's all mouth. She's all mouth and no trouser. Exactly. Not enough trouser, Jenny. Do better. F plus. Right. So they're married. Jenny watches on. And then Mig and Meg turn up at the clinic. Her baby in each Mig and Meg arm. They now have four brain cells. And three of them are in the babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> And um, what they've done is so they can differentiate. The babies have different coloured headscarves. <laughs> like them, mums. Two more headscarves. <laughs> so you've got Mig Meg, Mini Mig Meg, Granddaughter. <laughs> 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 and what they, they don't do in this episode, but they should. Social services slide into the. Uh, meeting room just have a little conversation with Mig and Meg about how they're raising mini Mig and Meg to granddaughters of Mag there needs to be a whole <laughs> follow-on episode about Mig Meg mini Mig Meg and, <laughs> and um that is the end of the episode everybody that is the end of this oh, episode no. that's oh, it that's it can I just give a shout out to Lucy Robinson, who was the matron in this episode, and she was in a, an amazing series called Suburban Shootout, which if anybody ha- likes wacky humour, you need to see Suburban Shootout because it's amazing. Okay. To be fair, I got a vibe from the matron that she could do comedy very well. She's, very she's amazing. She's so dry. Yeah. And and she's fit as fuck as well. She's my she's my go-to in this episode. She's the one I would do above all. Even Patsy. Yeah. Blonde Patsy, no. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So it would be Matron, Patsy, Phyllis. No, 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 Phyllis isn't in this episode. So we're going Matron. Patsy. No, no, no. Hang on. Bear with, bear with. <laughs> <laughs> we're going matron <laughs> we're going um sister winifred no which one is she sister 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 sheila. glasses sister sheila <laughs> so <laughs> i am a fan of this show i do know what the characters are <laughs> we're going matron we're going sheila and then we're going elsewhere 
probably the sex chair. The sex chair. So matron, Sheila, you alone on the sex chair, squeezing olives between your size C boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a lovely thought, isn't it? Isn't it? I couldn't squeeze I couldn't squeeze them between my thighs, so I may as well squeeze them between my boobs. Yeah. And that sort of ends the podcast, our discussion of episodes. So, Kim, how did you find that episode? Any last-minute thoughts? I really liked that episode. It's one of my favourites. I thought that Monica Dolan was amazing in it. I thought yeah. every every actor in that episode was absolutely on point. There was yeah. I couldn't I couldn't um, fault anything in it. Really, it was beautifully shot. It was beautifully acted. It was a really good script. The music as ever was brilliant. Um, And I just wish I had the sex chair. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I think it's a a really good episode. I enjoyed the... I think the Mig and Meg sort of aspect was actually really powerful. I know we've made a lot of jokes about Mig and Meg, but I really enjoyed that. I thought the actress who played Mig and Meg was brilliant. Oh, Um, she's amazing, isn't she? And I also love that we got to see prototype Patsy. We got to see Pat, and I don't think they'd fully decided who Patsy was going to be. I don't think she'd yet been put as. Yeah, it doesn't the... feel to me as canon Patsy. I don't know about you. She feels a little bit off slightly, maybe. Yeah. But there was an embryo there of a thought that was in Heidi's mind to mm. think actually, we've got a brilliant actress here who can do everything. She can do drama, she can do comedy. Let's give her something to get her teeth into. Yeah. So Patsy was born from this episode and moving forward, we're going to just drive on next. We're going to have another big leap to when Patsy is a canon midwife and we'll just move on from there. Can can I say, actually, the one thing that we hadn't seen when we recorded the first episode was we hadn't seen the artwork from TL Pursuit. So we were kind of thanking her for just her input without actually seeing it. And quite frankly, I think that that picture does us more justice than we deserve. Yeah, that is a very highbrow picture for the quality of podcasts that we're putting out. Isn't she an amazing artist? She's brilliant, absolutely. I, yeah. So talented. And I'm so grateful that she let her that she let us use her artwork. She was, yeah. Thank you, TL Pursuit. Genuinely, thank you. And uh, we have to say thank you to Sam, our resident American producer. Yeah, Sam's amazing. We love Sam. Sam, Sam, um, while we're doing our podcast, Sam actually puts out very very funky backgrounds so that we never know where we're going to be. At the minute, we're in a forest on some sort of stone plinth. um, With a sex chair. With a sex chair. You've just got the sex chair. No one else does. Oh, okay. Well, I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think we should share a sex chair. That would make it weird. Yeah, probably. It would change the dynamic, wouldn't it? It would. It would. So we just want to say thank you, Sam, because Sam's done a lot of editing for us to make us sound good. And also thank you to our listeners. Thank you to all five of you. You're wonderful. And we very much enjoyed the fact that you've listened to our podcast. You're amazing. Yeah. And I would like to say at this point for Christmas next year to every person that's listened to every episode, I will go down on you. 
Oh, that's a very. What if it get really big? You're gonna have to well, do some. Work. Then my tongue's gonna get a lot of action. She's her sex chair will be ready. Everybody, she'll be ready. I'll need Vaseline. <laughs> There's not enough Vaseline in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it would be a great secret Santa present, wouldn't it? If I just turned up on your doorstep. Right, get down, love. Get Come on to bed. I haven't got long, you know. I've got to be in bloody Detroit by midday. <laughs> I've got to be in South Carolina by tea time. Oh, all two of them. Right. And that concludes <laughs> the end of this podcast. Ta-da! 